0: Welcome back to Missing Mora Murray. I'm Tim here today with Lance being joined virtually. How's it going, Lance?
1: It's going very well. How are you, Tim?
0: I'm doing all right. The weather's getting a bit warmer, even if I'm only really going out for walks.
1: Yeah, well, uh, we are plugging away here. I know that there's, uh, you know, everything that's going on. Everyone's in isolation. Thank you so much for, you know, continuing to listen to what we're putting out there while you're in isolation. And uh, yeah, just uh, hang tight, everybody. We'll get through this. It's just going to take a little bit more time.
0: That's right. And Lance, uh, for this episode, we have a really mysterious disappearance case out of 1976 in the uh, Great Smoky Mountains National Park in Tennessee. A young woman named Trenny Lynn Gibson went missing from a school field trip.
1: Jenna Mel, our uh, researcher who puts together this information for us, she communicated with a few people and and searched uh, the information online and came up with a document that had the statistics and some of the details. And it seems like that Trenny would have been a unique uh, young woman. She would have... Uh, As Jen said, uh, she marched to the beat of her own drum. Who knows what this young woman would have become? She was 16 when she went missing, and there was very little indication that she had made an enemy out of anybody. And she went missing on a field trip. She ducks in the woods, and she's gone.
0: Okay, everybody. Well, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Please rate us five stars if you like what we've been doing. Thank you very much for listening. Welcome back to Missing Maura Murray, Jen Amell. How are you today, Jen? I'm
2: doing okay in quarantine. How are you guys?
0: Oh, we're doing very well, yeah. Yeah, can't complain. So here we are today to talk about your research into the case of Trenny Gibson. But before we get to that, we wanted to discuss a quick suitcase Jane Doe update and for those who don't know, Suitcase Jane Doe is a series we did on Crawl Space because Jen brought it to us and she did some amazing investigative work on that. Can you tell us a little bit about that case, Jen?
2: Yeah, uh, Suitcase Jane Doe is a case out of Downingtown, Pennsylvania. Uh, it's the, the story, the sad story of uh, half of a woman that was found in a suitcase um, outside of the Twin Tunnels, these like really creepy tunnels in the town where I actually grew up. Um so we did uh, about 5 episodes on that and we recently got an email sort of connecting the suitcase Jane Doe case to a missing person via the Namus site.
1: And Namus is uh something that you monitor pretty regularly, right, when um in regards to uh suitcase Jane Doe's identity?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's one of like the best resources for having a database where you have missing people and then an unclaimed database that you can match the two using vital statistics. um, And then maybe some key points in the story of the missing person. Um, So recently someone, I guess a listener of crawl space and suitcase Jane Doe wrote in to me with a a very interesting potential match to suitcase Jane Doe. Um, Oh, great. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Thank you to the person who sent it to me.
0: So what is this other missing person case?
2: So this uh, this woman's name is Madeline nice. Uh She went missing, yeah, October 25th, 1994. And she went missing from East Sparta, Ohio. She's white. Um, she would be 64 now, but at the time, she would have been in her 40s, I believe, 39. She's 5'2", 112 pounds, And she has brown hair and brown eyes. She used to use the name Joyner, I believe. She might have been married or was in a relationship with a man with the last name Joyner. And she has pierced ears. So all of these statistics match up with Suitcase Jane Doe. And the pictures are kind of uncanny.
1: Yeah, you sent the picture to us. And it is uh, sometimes when you get these potential matches, you take a minute or two and you look at them and, and you say... Uh, well, it's kinda of them. I don't see this, I don't see that, but with the reconstructed uh head that was made for suitcase Jane Doe and and Madeline's picture, it's it's like uncanny. It's like someone looked at Madeline and, and recreated her head. Like it is that it is that close.
2: Yeah, it is. It struck me as well. I mean, but the same thing happened with Nicole Russo. True. Uh the yeah. other missing person that was uh matched. Potentially to Jane Doe.
0: But that one came up that it wasn't um, Uh, our suitcase Jane Doe, right?
2: Right. It got ruled out. But the thing that's interesting to me about this one is that I can't find a single bit of information about the Madeline Niece case. And for my Jane Doe, the suitcase Jane Doe to have been unidentified for going on 30 years now, like almost 30 years. It would make sense that a missing person who's not being talked about, who has no information out there, that that speaks like to me that it might be the related, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a um, an avenue that you should be pursuing. There is other than just the statistics, like the the uh, the basics, there really isn't a lot of information on on Madeline out there. So, if anybody does know anything about Madeline Niece, her case is on the the Charlie Project. Madeline D. Niece, and, uh, and or and or Suitcase Jane Doe, uh, be really interesting to find out how they're connected, and or if they are at all.
0: And we are in the process of uploading those Suitcase Jane Doe episodes from Crawl Space to the Missing Maura Murray feed, and then we'll backdate them. So you just got to scroll down a little bit, but you can find all five of those episodes. Okay, so let's get into the disappearance of Trenny Lynn Gibson. She was born August 17th, 1960. She was 16 years old when she went missing from the Great Smoky Mountains National Park in Tennessee. She's female. She's white. She's 5'3", 115 pounds.
1: And when she went missing, she was wearing a blue blouse, a blue and white striped sweater, a borrowed brown-orange-slash-plaid heavy jacket, which comes into play later on as well, uh, blue jeans, blue Adidas shoes, and a diamond and star sapphire ring, and a sapphire necklace. And again, Trenny went missing on October 8, 1976 from the Great Smoky Mountains National Park in Tennessee. And Jen, this is one of the cases that I was reading about that you gathered all the information for that is it kind of creeped me out a little bit I don't know if it did for uh, the two of you
2: yeah it did it was it's definitely a haunting story and it reminded me a lot about the Maura Murray case
1: yeah I think because of the um, the geographic location and the fact that it was sort of in between a couple of mountains and you had the, the pass like the road that went through and then her scent uh, the dogs lost their scent pretty much like it hit a wall and, and lost, her, lost her scent, uh, apparently. Yeah, it has a lot of uh, uh, Maura Murray indicators.
2: Yeah, and she also went missing in the midst of like many people who had to all have turned away within a couple of minutes.
0: Right. It's not like someone uh, claimed they saw her get snatched up or something like that or even walk away. It's like she's on the trail. She kind of ducked off the trail, and that's it. No one ever saw her again. So, Jen, you spoke to this woman, her name's Laura Rist, and she runs a blog called Canadian Girl 77, and that's girl g u r l 77com Tell us about your conversation with her.
2: Yeah, I had an excellent conversation with Laura. Laura's not a private investigator, but she's been looking into the case, into Trini's case, for going on 17 years now, and she's had the opportunity to interview family members of Trini's and those directly involved with the case, um, such as some of the classmates that were there that day that Trenny went missing.
1: And how long has she been doing this for? 17 years. She's been looking into Trenny's case for 17 years. That's uh, that's pretty impressive. So she must have a, a pretty substantial uh, amount of information on this, correct?
2: Absolutely. Yes, yes. Um, She had hours worth of information when we t- just talked on the phone. I think it would warrant a, a good follow-up episode with her.
1: A little bit about Trenny. She was born in Fulton County, Georgia, and moved to Knoxville, Tennessee. And that was around 1967, 1968. She was a junior at in High School at the time of her disappearance. And all of this information that you're hearing is taken from Jen's research. Uh, She was skilled at drawing and reading. Trenny liked to help her mother cook, look after her little brother. She was friendly with her classmates, but apparently she didn't have a lot of close friends aside from her older brother, Bob. And when interviewed, one classmate said she wasn't particularly remarkable. She was pretty, but not the prettiest. She was smart, but not the smartest. And she apparently kept mostly to herself, was independent, and uh, she was not the most social, uh, as far as her siblings were con- concerned. Uh, her sister Tina was more social than Trenny, so she just sort of kept to herself. Is that a good assessment?
2: Yeah, it seemed like she she was an interesting girl, a quiet girl. She really enjoyed reading. She's a bookish. Um, she seemed very independent, like she sort of walked to the beat of her own drum. She reminded me of me in high school, honestly. <laughs>
0: And Trenny worked in West Town Mall in Morrison's Cafeteria. She was saving her money to attend the University of Tennessee. And her family was tight-knit and loving. They attended the local Baptist church. And her family is—her mom is Hope. Her father is Robert. Her older brother, as mentioned previously, is Bob. Younger sister, Tina. Younger brother, Miracle— Trenny had a particularly close relationship with her older brother, Bob. He had graduated high school in May, that May, and had joined the Navy. But he arrived home on leave that Wednesday before Trenny disappeared. And Trenny was excited about seeing him because he had been gone since July.
1: So he came home on Wednesday and she disappeared just a couple of days later on Friday. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, that's right.
1: Okay. And her mom, Hope, drove Trenny to school Apparently, it was raining. The weather uh, wasn't promising. She was going on a a field trip with a horticulture class, uh, and she wasn't sure if that was still on because of the weather. So, she stopped a classmate to ask and found out that the uh, field trip was still going on. She left her books and her purse in her mother's car.
0: And I think that's likely one sign that she didn't run away on her own. I think um, that kind of... You know, and obviously, we'll get more into this, but that's why... Uh, we're bringing that up now. Um, You know, this is a 16 year old young woman, you know, like young girl, like really, this is, uh, this is not a likely candidate for someone to have run away on their own.
2: Yeah. It's also important to mention that her family was like super religious um, and they were very, I guess, strict, especially with the girls in the family. Um, They couldn't really bring friends over. They didn't go on trips and, it was mentioned that Trenny had never really been away from home for an extended period of time without mm. any of her family, so this field trip was a really big deal for her
0: and here's a a part that really starts me scratching my head because uh once they get on the bus, the teacher, Mr. Dunlap, announced then that the horticulture class would be going to the great Smoky Mountain National Park, so apparently. None of the classmates knew the destination of the trip until that day. Until he surprised them on the bus that morning, or or did did some of the students know? Jen,
2: um, I think it was a surprise to most people, if not all. I found this to be a very strange little detail as well.
0: It's an hour and a half drive. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this is an all day trip that I would be pissed. You know, as as a parent, I would be absolutely furious. And he's the only chaperone.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I gotta, I gotta say, I, I'm, a, I'm a little bit older. I'm in my 70s. So, <laughs> now this, this was just a different time. I don't really find that this detail to be uh, too odd, um, even though it, it happened in the 70s. And my example is not from the 70s. I do remember my older sisters not knowing where they were going when they had their permission slips signed by our parents. It was either because they had a few options, like the teachers, the uh, faculty had a few options on where the field trip was going to be and they hadn't decided yet, or they wanted to make it a surprise for the students. So I don't know if it happens today anymore, but I do know I experienced that like kind of secondhand.
0: No, it definitely didn't happen when I was a kid growing up in the 80s. Um, that sounds dangerously unsafe, and there were about 40 kids is that right Jen 40 kids and one chaperone the bus driver could not go uh in into the park he had to stay with the bus so this is one teacher decide, happened to decide on a whim that morning oh let's go an hour and a half away i can i could understand a little bit more if it was local I do understand that it's a different time, and I'm sure the the teacher is not involved in this disappearance. But come on, guy.
2: Yeah, I mean it's it seems weird. It seems weird, but I think I think Lance kind of hit the nail on the head. It was it is the 70s? Like toddlers could smoke cigarettes
1: in hospitals.
2: <laughs> in hospitals.
1: So the the jacket kind of comes into play a little bit as well. Tim, you had mentioned that uh, her leaving her purse and. Her books in her mother's car was an indicator that she didn't run away. And also, she didn't even bring a jacket. Uh, they were going on a field trip. I don't know how much they knew about the field trip, but she obviously... Nothing. Right, nothing. obviously. She, this is another reason why it was a stupid idea. Right, she didn't even bring a jacket. So that, that uh, led her to borrow her brother's friend's jacket. Her brother's friend is Robert Simpson. And her brother had asked Robert to look after Trenny during the field trip. Because, like you said, Jen, she hadn't been anywhere without her family ever for the whole day. So they knew they were going away for the whole day. She didn't know if it was happening. It was raining, and she was so unprepared she didn't bring a jacket. So I don't think that that—I I think that's so telling as to her not running away. She would have to decide in a moment's notice to run away completely unprepared. So Robert gave Trenny his uh, plaid jacket uh, because she he was told to look after her, and, and she didn't bring one.
0: Yeah, he was told by her brother, by Trenny's brother, Bob. So this Robert and Trenny's older brother, Bob, were friends. They were a year apart in school. Robert was a senior, and Bob had already graduated. And Bob asked Robert to look out for Trenny during this trip. And so he lent Trenny his jacket. Um, and I completely blame, blame Mr. Dunlap uh, for her not bringing the jacket. <laughs> you hate Mr. If I didn't Dunlap. drive that point home enough. Um, I'm really upset at Mr. Dunlap so the bus parked at Klingman's dome parking lot and as per regulations at that time as we mentioned the bus driver had to remain with the bus so students were to hike to andrews bald and back meeting back at the bus at 3:30. they were not to take any side trails or pick or gather anything only observe mr dunlap did hike with various groups of students during the trip but he again he was the only adult and I'm gonna pull my hair out.
1: Let's talk about Klingman's uh, Dome and Mr. Dunlap hikes with various students during the trip. I think what I've what I've read, looking at uh, the Klingman's Dome uh, hiking path up to the observation tower, takes about an hour. I don't know if that's about the same time, you know, when you're hiking with a bunch of students. So let's just say an hour and a half to get up there, and then probably you know they have lunch and then they hike back. So yeah, around three thirty seems to be seems to be right. Um, it does seem a little bit unsettling that there's only one adult on this trip and apparently the the students kind of went off on their own and he made the decision who he was going to accompany on the on this hike and uh trenny started off on the hike with robert simpson uh, her brother's friend and they hiked all the way to andrew's bald they ate their lunch uh, along the way and this is where something may have happened between trenny and robert at that spot uh jen what what's some of the loose speculation about what what might have happened because things changed after that.
2: Um, I mean, I just speculated myself this is not like any rumors that were passing around by any of the players in this case, but I was thinking that maybe Robert had made a pass at Trenny, or maybe told her he had feelings for her, something like that. Or it could have been something even less innocent than that, and he tried to kiss her or worse.
0: Do we know if Robert had a crush on Trenny or anything? I...
2: Don't know.
0: Okay, so that didn't come up any, anywhere in the research?
2: No. Um, I think Laura mentioned that Trenny liked Robert, but he was only a friend in her eyes.
1: Okay, so Trenny decided to depart Robert and start back to the parking lot after they had, uh, I guess, ate their lunch and maybe something had happened. And Robert claimed that they separated amicably and Trenny wanted time to head back and he left the trail to quote track a bear
0: yeah this is another weird part um track a bear <laughs> yeah sort of like uh, Mr Mr Dunlap thing Wh- whereas that's not really suspicious it's just infuriating um this is like a little head scratching that's not a that's not reality you don't no that's not reality I'm not from
1: Tennessee but you don't want to actually find a bear are you, you know? that dumb yeah like you're that dumb you're you're if you did something and you're lying about it why, why say tra- say track something else? Like, no one believes that you went to go track a bear.
2: He's doing man stuff.
1: Uh, maybe, maybe. Right.
2: Just freaking a bear.
1: Well, you know, it's the 70s. Maybe the bears were like, maybe the bears were a little <laughs> bit more uh, laid back.
0: Yeah, they're friendlier. They're on TV with uh, Smokey the Bear. And, uh, <laughs> Sorry. So according to various groups of classmates, Tranny was uh, hiking at a faster pace than others and seemed to be walking on a quote-unquote mission. And when she met another small group of classmates hiking the trail, one student said she stopped suddenly just ahead of them. She ducked her head slightly to her right, crouched down at one point, then stepped off the trail. She was never seen again. And this student said she was forever haunted by that moment. Jen, what, how
1: far away was she from the other students?
2: Yeah, so this is really strange. So she was hiking away from Robert, from Andrews Bald, where they stopped to have lunch. And she had passed a couple groups of students. So she would have been like right in the middle of her class, though they were staggered down the trail. And so when she stepped off, she was in the middle of like a bunch of people. So everyone had to look away at the same time for her to disappear during this time. This is what reminds me of Mora's case.
0: Yeah, it does seem like she saw something um, to the right, because she looked to the right. Or was
1: avoiding something, yeah.
0: But it seemed like she saw something and walked towards it. Do we know where Robert was at this point? Do we, um, was he behind her or in front of her?
2: We don't know where he was. Tim, he was
0: tracking a bear. Right, so he was uh, unaccounted for.
2: Yeah. Um. In fact, he was unaccounted for this whole time until he reappeared at the bus at three thirty. So nobody saw him.
1: This is the part that freaks me out. She, she's amongst her her classmates. It. You, you say it's a small group of classmates, but still, there's a, a few people around her, and she's she's seen stopping suddenly. Someone remembers this so so distinctly. They remember her looking to her right, and she's crouch She crouches down she stops looks to her right crouches down like she's trying to not be seen and then she steps up the trail Tim you said she was walking towards what she saw but I don't know if that was if that's specifically um the case it seemed like it' to me it did seem like it until you said that and then I was thinking oh well maybe she maybe she stepped off the trail in the other direction trying to get away from something I don't know uh the thing that really freaks me out is Jen, you 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 say in this research document, the student who saw her do this was forever haunted by that moment. Was there any follow up by that student? Did they did they go maybe call her name into the woods or something like? Or hey, where are you going? Was she that no. sort of like nondescript? Like oh, there goes I think her name's Trenny. She just walked off the off the path. Looks like she was ducking down from something. No one was concerned.
2: I think um. Maybe the the sense of haunting came after the fact in retrospect, looking back. I don't think anybody was really that concerned. Yeah. I mean, Trini wasn't looking like she was hiding or anything. She just kind of like slowly crouched down and looked to her right. And I believe she walked to the right toward the thing.
0: Yeah, I guess that would be part of the description if she looked panicked or was, you know, running. Or something like that. I mean, I guess the only quote we have here is she was on a mission at one point, and then there she stopped. So, yeah, it is awfully peculiar. Indeed. So when the students arrived back at the bus at 3.30, roll call was taken, and it was discovered that Trenny was missing. Robert arrived breathing heavily, which wasn't really notable because he was kind of heavy set. He seemed annoyed, though, rather than concerned about Trenny being late. Do you know who that came from, Jen?
2: From various classmates who reported on him. But this strikes me as especially strange because Trenny's brother, Bob, had specifically asked Robert to look after Trenny and make sure nothing happened to her. So wouldn't you be more concerned if your charge was suddenly missing? Yeah, exactly. I would think so.
1: I mean, maybe, maybe him being annoyed was, you know, thinking that she was going to come back and she didn't. Yeah, I mean, at the time you know maybe he was he was annoyed i don't know where the hell was he too
0: mr dunlap then sent a student named danny johnson to search back up the trail for trenny while he himself went to search double springs to see if trenny had gone off trail or taken the wrong one and when the search did not turn up, Trenny, Mr. Dunlap sent the bus home with the other students. So this was a good decision. Uh, he then called the National Park Service at 4 p.m. So he really didn't waste any time there. He It was only a half an hour after uh, he took roll call and realized she wasn't there initially. And a ranger came down and he helped um, Mr. Dunlap search again.
1: Yeah, and it actually seems like they got everything together pretty quickly. A couple hours later, at 6.30, the National Park Service gathered 19 volunteers to search the area. And when the bus arrived at school, Trini's mother, Hope, was told that her daughter was missing. That's a terrible fucking thing to uh, to hear.
0: Yeah, that'd be horrifying. And um, and especially because she maybe had to spend the night, I, I think it got about around the 30s that, that evening. So that's um, very dangerous. I can't imagine anyone in the Gibson family got any sleep that night. And the next day, the Gibson family, along with tracking dogs and volunteers, went back to search, and they found a beer can and cigarette butts in the area where Trenny was last seen. And so we don't really know that that's connected to the case, but we do know that that's where Trenny went off the trail, and then they're there. So that's, again, peculiar. I would have to say that is probably related in some way.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if that was an area where a lot of people would go and just you know smoke a couple cigarettes and have a have some have some beer. I, I have no idea what to make of that. I do know the dogs tracked Trenny's scent from the base of Klingman's Dome Tower to the place where she went off the trail and then lost the scent at Collins Gap in the middle of a paved road. It's like an in between uh, road, sort of. It really does remind me of um, of the uh, Route One Twelve where Mora went missing. All of the tracking dogs were different breeds and all hit on Colin's Gap. And Trenny's uncles also helped with the search, bringing their own dogs, and those dogs had the same result as well.
0: Yeah, so the speculation sort of being that Trenny um, got into a vehicle at that point or was uh, taken uh, in into a vehicle, perhaps? I'm not not really sure, but uh, it, it would seem to point that there was some interaction there on that
1: road. Jen, is this information that you received from Laura that uh, this is exactly where the dogs lost their, lost her scent?
2: Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what Laura said. And she was like pretty adamant on saying that there were different breed dogs and that they'd all lost the scent at the same place. Some of them hit on uh, the place where she allegedly went missing on the trail but all of them hit on Collins Gap. So this makes me think that she definitely got into a car and she was either taken farther into the park or outside of it somewhere.
1: And Laura believes the same thing?
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, with those dogs, it is good to know that several different breeds and several uh, different kinds of dogs you know, and a lot of different uh, dogs were used because that is one thing that we hear over and over about dogs. It's like, uh, you know, they're only as good as... their uh, their trainer, and, you know, you you can't really trust them until you have several data points. And so as far as the investigation goes, there were a lot of authorities involved, the National Park Service being one, the Knoxville Police Department, and the FBI later got involved. And Laura, the woman that you spoke with there, Jen, she is vehement in saying that a proper investigation was not conducted. And uh, tell us why.
2: So she says that too much weight was put on the assumption that Trini had run away. And this was common of the 70s, apparently, especially when dealing with uh, some missing teens. And also because no trace of her could be found in the park. Uh, it was thought that she left the park of her own will, maybe hitchhiked somewhere.
1: And there was a rumor that she ran off because she had a secret boyfriend?
2: Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know how true that could be. I mean... Chani came from this, like, very conservative family, which doesn't mean she, would, she wouldn't she would try to rebel. Like, I do know she smoked cigarettes and stuff, which was not condoned by her parents. But that's a far cry from, like, finding a boyfriend and running off with him. And, like, the boyfriend wasn't reported missing? Like, who is this person?
1: Right, right. So if it goes back to the Maura Murray thing. If there was somebody who uh, Mora went missing with who helped her to escape her life— That person hasn't come forward, nor has anybody heard about, you know, a specific person coming forward. This is uh, this one's just as interesting because exactly if there was a secret boyfriend that no one knows about that she was dating and then planned this this uh, this escape from what seems to be a a kind of a strict environment, but nothing worse. Right. I mean, her her home life wasn't anything worse than strict that you know of. Where's this other guy? Where's this other person? Why hasn't that person come forward in in so many years?
2: Exactly. I mean, Trini didn't even know where she was going that day. Yeah. And it's not like she had a cell phone in her pocket saying like, hey, babe, pick me up. Right. (laughs) Right. Right.
0: Yeah, I think that's an important
1: detail that we didn't know. Right, exactly. And she also smoked cigarettes, you said.
2: Yeah. I think that was like one little thing that she did in order to rebel. But it was the 70s, remember, so it's not that bad.
1: Do we happen to know if the cigarettes that were found were the cigarettes that Trenny smoked? Did she have a particular brand?
2: I didn't get any information in that regard. I don't know which brand she smoked. Or even if she had a brand, I think it was like she would accept a cigarette from people who were passing by or her brother or, you know, something like that.
1: And I guess it's kind of hard to determine whether or not the cigarettes that were found had, you know were smoked by trenny and robert and even if they were found like what's the what's telling about that that they had a couple of cigarettes while they were hiking we'll
0: be right back after a quick word from our sponsor thanks to our sponsors and now we're back to the program but here's one thing that i that i find even more curious is is the beer so someone If it was a student's beer, a student brought that beer from home and just was like, what, put it in his pocket or something? Or they had in his his
1: backpack or something?
0: They had backpacks, I guess, because they packed a lunch.
2: It's possible. I mean, yeah. I wonder if they collected this evidence because even though they didn't have DNA testing at the time, they could have, you know, lifted prints from it.
0: Yeah, I would hope so.
2: I mean, maybe they did run prints and nothing came back.
1: Yeah, or maybe they ran prints and it came back. And even if it's Robert, what what does that do? Robert would just say, "Yeah, you know, arrest me for not being uh of age to drink a beer." It really doesn't say anything.
2: I think the damning thing was that the beer was found where she stepped off the trail. Mm -hmm. So, like, who was there? Who was signaling to her? I mean, you have a pretty clear indication that like it might be connected. If it was like at that point in the trail.
1: So that's that's also a really creepy visual to have, right? Somebody is having a couple of beers and smoking cigarettes and waiting, like watching and waiting.
0: Yeah, I mean, there we do know that about Israel Keys. I don't know about the cigarettes and beer part, but Israel Keys would wait in the woods for people. I, I do believe there were others. The Appalachian Trail, which is where this is, um, has had some, several Unsolved murders, um, kind of that kind of fit that type of um profile, actually.
2: Um, actually, like a couple years ago, I went camping in the Smoky Mountains in Katie's Cove, which was like maybe twenty minutes away from where Trini went missing. You're just
0: bringing this up now.
2: Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> How long have we known you? <laughs> so I went camping there and. The week before um, I arrived there, there was a a young boy that went missing.
1: Oh, no. Did you know about that before you went?
2: No, I didn't. There was, like, signs up all around at the campsite.
0: Well, national parks are sort of a hotspot for uh, missing people. Here we go. You know, it's probably not anything more sinister than... Uh, they're just like the terrain is rough in a lot of national, national parks and there's woods and, you know, there's a lot of places to get lost. Um, but I do know there's a, a popular series out there called missing four one one that deals with this. And, um, I think they speculate about, well, I, I don't want to say David polita speculates about anything, but he, um, sort of, uh, lets the audience speculate and, but really kind of pushes you towards Bigfoot or aliens or something.
1: <laughs> yeah. Aside from Bigfoot and Aliens uh, and Robert Simpson, were there any other uh, suspects?
0: Yeah, there's a crazy story that happened a year before. And when I first heard about this, it was like, well, of course this guy did it somehow. So Kelvin Bowman was another student at Bearden High School, and he was one of the few black students. A year previously, almost to the date, Kelvin showed up at the Gibson house drunk and calling for Bob. Hope watched him through the upstairs window and said he hunkered down in front of Trenny's window by a planter box. He stuck out his foot, so Hope shot him in his foot. After he was shot, Kelvin broke Trenny's window and still tried to break in. So uh, this guy got shot and then still tried to break in and attempted to drag Trenny, our missing woman, outside. And Trenny actually got away, though, and went for her mother. Kelvin came down the hall, arms raised.
1: And it was... Determined that he was drunk. And what happened? What happened after that? So he he gets uh, he gets arrested. She calls the cops. He gets arrested and and he's sent to uh, juvenile corrections. Is that is that accurate? That's right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And after he got out, he threatened to get even, quote unquote, with the Gibsons and he would constantly heckle Trenny at school. So how about that?
1: Okay, and there were rumors that a car was following the bus the day of the field trip, and many believe this car belonged to Kelvin. However, Kelvin did not own a car. Some other stories suggest that Kelvin was driving Robert Simpson's car, but it is not substantiated if they were even friends, and the principal of the school attested that Kelvin was in class that day. What's your thoughts on all of this, Jen?
2: I think it's a crazy story, but my gut feeling is that Uh, Kelvin had nothing to do with her disappearance nobody knew where the bus was going that day like it's it's it would be so strange for someone to plan a kidnapping or a murder and like follow a bus to an undisclosed location and like commit a crime there and he didn't even have a car
1: this was the 70s you mentioned that he was one of the only black kids in the school and he was probably prone to a lot of undue suspicion in a lot of cases,
2: and especially
1: on top of the the break in.
0: Right. Yeah, I think that's definitely fair. Um, but what was he going to do with Trenny if he got her outside?
2: I have no idea. I think he was just like, wasted. Yeah.
0: I mean, I've never, I've gotten wasted a lot. Uh, Lance can attest, and uh, you know, I- I've never uh, tried to break into somebody's house.
1: So Kelvin was the was the only other suspect aside from Robert Simpson who apparently was never totally honest about what happened that day. And in subsequent interviews with the Gibson family, he acted cagey and come to find out his father was the assistant district attorney in Knoxville, Tennessee at the time and counseled Robert and told him not to tell the police anything. Also, the father reminded the police they had no evidence that his son had been involved in any crime and they could not hold him in custody the police ceased questioning him after that. So pretty convenient that Robert has a dad who's the assistant district attorney in Knoxville, Tennessee. It's
0: Definitely convenient. And here's a big clue. Trenny's comb was found in Robert's car, and that's Trenny's hair comb that was bought by her mom. Her mom bought her and her younger sister, Tina, um, hair, hair combs. And this comb was a very personal object to Trenny, but it was found in Robert's car later.
2: Yeah, this is a really strange detail to me. In order for this comb to have appeared in Robert's car, he hadn't brought his car in this field trip, right? So he would have, if, say, say, Trenny gave him the comb for safekeeping when they were going on this hike, he would have had to take the comb all the way back on the bus with him, back to school, Even knowing Walter was missing and then put it into his car, all without telling anyone he had it or trying to return it to her family at any point, he just kept it. And that seems to me like a kind of trophy thing, because this was an important thing.
0: It sure does. Yeah, he used to comb his hair with it.
2: Yeah, which is super creepy. Some of his hair strands were found in the comb. Do
1: we know where where Robert Simpson is today? I mean, with the trophy uh, comb and him using it for his own personal uh, his own personal use, like this is sort of like telltale signs of of something deeper going on here. Is he is he around? What's he what's he doing?
2: He is uh, around. I'm not sure exactly where he is living currently, but he is around. He's alive um, and he has never spoken to the authorities further aside from what he gave to the police initially. And he refused to speak to Laura when she asked him.
1: Wow. And speaking of Trenny's belongings, some of the students had some of Trenny's jewelry. Her sapphire necklace and a diamond star sapphire ring were found in the possession of one girl who refused to provide information on how she obtained it.
0: And according to Robert when they were at the parking lot, Trenny went into a washroom and gave it to one of the girls to hold. And the girl who was said to have been asked to hold onto Trenny's jewelry was not the same girl who had it later on after Trenny's disappearance.
1: All right. What do what do we make of this? Well, I think the, the word trophy again. So Robert takes the jewelry. I, I'm so confused by this. Robert takes the jewelry and then
0: gives it to a girl it kind of reminds me of uh, Gary Jean Grant, Lance, from uh, our friend uh, Detective Uncle Cloyd Steiger's book. Uncle Cloyd, book. yeah. Yeah, Seattle's Forgotten Serial Killer that we covered on an episode of Crawl Space because uh, Gary Jean Grant stole a victim's watch and then gave it to another woman as a gift.
2: Well, this passed between like at least two other girls, some of her jewelry.
0: Did they say how they got it?
2: No, they refused to answer. And the police just was. Uh, I guess we're fine with that. I don't know.
0: Yeah, that sounds that sounds eerie.
2: Robert could have threatened them not to say anything that he gave it to them. Well, what kind
1: of pull does Robert have anyway? Why this is why I am confused by this. It's a bunch of students and and a teacher who, even though Tim doesn't like him, he seemed like he got his act together when he realized one of his students was missing. This information doesn't get back to him, or it does get back to him, and he just doesn't. Uh, I don't know what his follow up would have been. You know, like this must have been strange for people who were involved.
0: Yeah, maybe you know it wasn't really confirmed for a while that it was Trenny's, but it seems like it it was definitely Trent's. And so the the young women who had the jewelry, I mean, their motivation to keep it might you know might have just been that they just wanted it, you know, and and maybe they didn't know anything more.
1: Yeah, and and Jen, your your communication with Laura is that uh she said she's convinced that a handful of people in the class of 1977 and uh, to a lesser degree the class of 1978 know exactly what happened to Trenny.
2: I mean that's what Laura said.
1: And they know what happened to Trenny and what were they they were trying to cover it to claim she couldn't handle things at home and she had too many restrictions and they covered it by saying she ran away.
2: Yeah. Yeah, there was rumor to the sort that she had run away. I know there was one girl who attested to the fact that she was like planning to run away. But more more than, like, a point in the favor of the runaway, like, it seems that maybe more than one student were either involved with Chinese disappearance or that they heard something about it after the fact.
0: Yeah, well, a high school is like a knitting circle, so that doesn't surprise me at all. But what I find really weird about what robert did was after trenny went missing robert took it upon himself to go into the gibson house and screen calls from the press and from police and the family asked him not to do this uh, after that
1: so he he voluntarily put himself in charge of answering the phone and and speaking for the family he he became the family's spokesperson even though the family didn't ask him to do so that's interesting
2: yeah i think it's Important to mention that the family was not at home at the time. Right. That they were uh, near the National Park, like, assisting in the search for tranny.
0: So he broke in.
2: I mean, he was best friends with Bob, uh, the brother.
0: Yeah, there wasn't any charge, apparently.
2: No, it wasn't a break-in or anything. I think maybe they chalked it up to he was just trying to help. Um, but, yeah, he was in the house at at sometimes and like releasing statements to the press and to the police
0: and apparently after Trini went missing robert uh said that if kelvin had her that he would have killed her so he was trying to there cast blame upon someone else and then he said if not kelvin then she went off with quote some horny hitchhiker unquote okay
1: that seems uh very convenient i wonder if he ever found that bear that he was tracking so, so Jen, from from your position here in in your uh, your hatch, what what are some of the theories that are running through your head?
2: So, there's there's lots of possibilities here. I'll tell you which one I think is most likely at the end. Um, but one of them was that Trenny was abducted by a stranger and taken out of the park. Uh, another one was that Kelvin followed the bus in some kind of car and abducted Trenny and killed her.
0: Another is Trenny and Robert had an altercation at Andrews Bald. Trenny walked away but was intercepted later by Robert. They had a fight, and Robert willingly or accidentally killed her. And, of course, it being a national park, um, some people think Trenny got lost and died due to exposure.
1: Right. That's a pretty popular theory whenever someone goes missing in the national parks that they die of exposure or, you know, they're... um torn apart by the the wildlife there thing is they they searched with a lot of people out there pretty close to when she went missing and we can't forget that the dogs lost her scent in an apparent way that it suggests she got into a car which brings the other theory into play did she get into a car to run away from home had she ever done that had she ever tried to run away from home in the past, I know she had a strict home, but that doesn't make much sense to me either. She didn't even know where she was going on that on that field trip.
2: Yeah, she was so ill prepared.
0: Yeah, she didn't run away from home. I think we can completely cross that off because she didn't know where she was going.
1: Yeah, it w- it would be such a ridiculous plan to try to enact at that at that moment. She didn't even have a jacket. So, so Jen, I think your your theory of choice is that she walked into another dimension.
2: I mean, if if this were Twin Peaks potentially.
1: Can I add an unlikely theory?
2: Sure.
0: Mr. Dunlap, uh, had someone meet, uh, meet the bus in the parking lot. And, uh, that's someone, um, you know, they, they organized, uh, making Trenny go missing together. Um, I realize how far fetched that is, but human trafficking ring, I don't know. That's what comes to mind. I mean, again, a lot of Dunlap's actions are just so stupid for lack of a better word. Um, I'm still mad at him. Um, but he probably didn't do anything. I don't, I don't think that's what happened.
2: Um, yeah, he was definitely a suspect for at least a little bit of the investigation, but he was ruled out, I believe, in the end.
1: Okay, so what is your what is your theory that you're going with?
2: I really think that Robert had something to do with Chinese disappearance. I think that he killed her and that he maybe had the assistance of an, another student or he talked about it with another student.
1: Do you think that when they separated after they hiked together, had lunch, something happened, they separated, she was on the path trying to get away from him. Do you think that she saw him in the woods or do you think that she like, do you think that's where it happened? Was he, in your opinion, going off trail to to maybe intercept her?
2: I think what makes sense is that when they were at Andrew's Bald together, something happened between them in which Robert made a pass at Trenny and because she comes from this very conservative background may have freaked out a bit, it could have been a very innocent thing, like he tried to hold her hand or whatever. And she wasn't running away from him, she was just kind of walking at a a fast click, you know, down the trail. Yeah. And I think that maybe Robert would have panicked that she was gonna go tell mr dunlap what had happened and so he went off trail trying to intercept her and then signaled her from the side and because it wasn't maybe that serious of an of an incident maybe she was like okay let me talk to him maybe we can just figure this out together and then something like an altercation happened and he accidentally killed her
0: yeah, I definitely think that Robert is the most suspicious person here, and uh, I don't believe she ran away. Um, yeah, I, I I look towards Robert.
1: Yeah, I do too, up until where the dogs lost her scent. So he must have had someone else pick her up, or, or is it possible that she was trying to get away from him because of whatever happened at Andrew's Bald, and she made it out to the road and someone else picked her up?
0: I don't think she's alive today because that wouldn't explain, you know, why she wouldn't go back to her family. Um, But an altercation could have carried into that road or even beyond that road. I'm not sure how much they searched beyond that, but.
2: So there's also the thing like, like if even if the dogs tracked her scent to this parking lot and then lost it further down the road, doesn't mean that she was even alive when she was in that parking lot. I mean. Robert could have killed her, stashed the body somewhere. I mean, it is the wilderness, and then came back later with his car to pick her up.
1: Ah, there you go. That makes sense.
0: Yeah, that's good thinking.
2: Maybe. where he had somebody help him dispose of the body.
1: Like his dad.
0: Yeah, I mean, any other help seems kind of unlikely to me, just because it is a high school, and um, I think it's probably uh, really easy to get caught if you're talking about um, illegal things that you did in high school.
2: Yeah, well I think it's the part of the reason that nothing ever came out of Robert's mouth about this case is that his father is an attorney. He's the ADA. Like he would counsel his son to just like shut up, not say a word.
1: So where this occurred actually is on the the Tennessee and North Carolina border. So you don't have to travel very far to put a body in another state at that point. I guess that's why the FBI was involved. But Whoever did this has already got a leg up on on a search by involving a second state. Okay, so if anybody has any information on this, who do they contact?
0: The investigating agency is the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation, and you can call them at 615-744-4000.
1: And if anybody wants to contact Laura, how do they go about doing that, Jen?
2: I believe through her website.
0: CanadianGirl77.com. That's girl with a U.
2: Yeah, there's also space on that website to make comments, and is pretty good about responding.